Hey everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Floor General Podcast. My name is Evan Zaucha. I'm here with my co-host, uh, Trent Williams. Trent, if you want to say hi. How's it going, guys? First episode. I'm so excited to be here uh, with my man, Evan. Going to talk to you guys about some uh, basketball draft prospects. Just really excited to get to work and, uh, you know, get this podcast going. Yeah, so a little bit of background. Uh, like I said, my name is Evan Zaucha. Uh, I've been watching the NBA and college basketball my whole life. Um, I'm a cardiac scientist by trade, but I like to do NBA, NBA analysis in my free time. Um, and I kind of am half analytics, half eye test, working on the eye test, but the analytics is solid. So uh, <laughs> what's your background? Yeah, uh, me here. I'm pretty much just a college student now. I'm going to Saddleback Valley College for uh, business. Uh, in the meantime, just an NBA fan. Love talking basketball. Love going into the stats, analytics, everything about basketball. I love it. So uh, that's pretty much about me. Awesome. Well, I think we're ready to get into it then. Uh, if you want to go ahead and do the background and measurements, our first episode is going to be a scouting deep dive on Tyrese Maxey. All right. Awesome. So as you guys know, uh, Tyrese Maxey is a 6'3 guard. Uh, the scouting report on the Stepien did have him listed at his shoes, which is actually pretty concerning when you think about it. Uh, he does have a 6'6 wingspan, though, so it kind of makes up for uh, whatever his height might lack. Uh, he also does have an 8, 8 3.5 standing reach, uh, which is above average for the point guard position, but it's actually a little bit underneath below uh, average for a uh, shooting guard. So something to think about when you think about the defensive versatility of Maxi. Um, and then he is 187 pounds as well, coming out of South Garland and uh, Texas. He was ranked 10th overall coming out of high school um, in the third point guard. So uh, I watched an interview with him and Mike Schmitz, and he talked about how he had more of an on-ball role in high school, which is pretty good outlook, considering that's definitely something he's going to want to be doing at the next level, um, considering his height and everything. I'm not sure if he can play that shooting guard position, uh, guarding the guys like James Harden, Jalen Brown, and all of them. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much it for his background, honestly. Uh, I didn't really get to watch him that much in high school, uh, but I really took a liking to him in college. So I'm yeah. excited. He's been great to watch in college, played one season at the University of Kentucky. And uh, just as a little bit of background, he'll be 19 years old at the time of the draft. Um, but I guess with that said, we can get right into the, the offensive uh, outlook for, for Tyrese Maxey. So um, the first thing I noticed watching Maxey's film, um, he definitely, like you said, he played primarily an off-ball role at Kentucky, which uh, sounds like it's a little different than what he was playing in high school. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that speaks to his versatility. Uh, he managed to provide solid production throughout, especially attacking the rim, um, even despite Kentucky's uh, pretty severe spacing issues at times, um, playing two traditional bigs. Um, I think this attests to his ability to move off ball. Uh, I like his ability to get free from his man off screen action. And if he can get that spot of jumper down, I mean, he's going to be a reliable scorer, at least at the NBA level, I would think. Yeah, 100%. I would say that jumper is like the one thing that's holding him back. It'll, it would really open up his entire offensive game from, you know, the pick and roll versatility to just pretty much everything else. Uh, his ability to get to the rim, even, you know, passing, make the defense commit. Uh, right now, a lot of the times when you watch Kentucky, they're always going underneath screens. They're playing back on him because they know he doesn't really have that uh, knockdown jumper in his repertoire. But, you know, you see the signs, 82% from the free throw line soft touch on those floaters, 
Um, I think he is a pretty projectable shooter, uh, but it is yet to see if he's going to actually get there. I agree with you on that. I think his, his shot project projects pretty decently going forward. Um, the numbers during his college tenure were not so great. Uh, 29.2% on reasonable volume from three. Um, but I think like we mentioned before, this could partially be due to Kentucky's spacing issues. Um, he does have some ability to shoot off pull-up and shoot off movement. So he's got a bunch of different avenues that he could contribute as long as the shot is falling. He just needs to pick which way he wants to get it off. Uh, one thing that I noticed about him, uh, especially with that shot that he could fix going forward that might give a, a, his shot a little bit of, a little bit more effectiveness mm-hmm. is he just kind of shoots his release point is a little low. It's like right in front of his face. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, no, 100% notice that it's very low. Um, and he's already short enough, you know, it's only going to make it that much easier to get blocked yeah, at the exactly. next level. Um, and yeah, there's just no bueno. I'm sure that once he does get into the NBA and gets that shooting training, uh, the coaches will try to get right on top of that, uh, yeah. right away. Uh, something else that I did notice, uh, we talked about Maxi's finishing ability a little bit. Uh, he did shoot about 65% at the rim this season, which puts him in pretty elite company. I think, uh, last year, Kobe White was the only guard to do that. Um, in the 2019 draft. Um, and I think a lot of this has to do with his unorthodox footwork going to the rim. I don't know if you've noticed this uh, when watching Maxi, but he tends to use the opposite foot when jumping, uh, finishing with his layup. You know, if he's going to the right, he'll jump off the right foot. Or if he's going to the left, maybe he'll jump off the left. Um, and once again, in that interview with Mike Schmitz, he talked about when he was a freshman in high school, um, how he actually got an injury to his left ankle and it kind of, you know, caused him to jump off the opposite foot. Uh, when he was going to the rim, but it really catches some of these big guys off guard. Um, And I think it's really something that he's going to be able to take advantage of at the NBA level. Yeah. And that's just one aspect of, of his craftiness attacking the rim. Obviously his footwork, like you said, you know, on the dribble drive is it's unorthodox, but it works. It's very effective. Um, But he's also a super crafty finisher at the rim. You mentioned his soft touch. He's relatively ambidextrous, good with both hands. Soft touch on those layups, shown a little bit of a floater game, a little bit of floater package that he can probably develop, kind of help help him score more effectively at the rim over those those taller bigs in the NBA, taller and more athletic bigs. Um, and that t- touch also helps him a lot as like the inbounder on ATOs. What he did a lot, and I noticed this especially in the late February game against Auburn, uh, mm-hmm. Calipari loved to draw up these maxi inbounds where Maxi's the inbounding passer on the ATO. And he'll throw these little lobs off some screen action to Nate Sestina. And they're, they felt like they couldn't miss. Yeah, every single time. Absolute money. Um, and yeah, Calipari is brilliant in the way he uses his players. I, I especially loved when he used Maxi and quickly off of the uh, floppy plays, getting Maxi right in there, uh, caught in a caught in between the zone. And what he would do is he would either throw up that floater, or if the big bit on the floor, he would throw a lob right to Nick Richards. Um, and I would say that's uh, probably one of their most effective plays throughout the season due to Maxi's great touch going to the rim. Yeah, and that touch, I think it pretends well for his future as a passer at the NBA level. The, the mm-hmm. big key factor there, the swing factor for me is, is he going to make those advanced reads? So he makes those simple reads where the play's drawn up for him and he's just got to decide, you know, am I going to kick it out to the shooter? Am I going to throw the lob to the big? Or am I going to hit my floater? But um, kind of, you know, uh, those cross-court skip passes – I didn't see a whole lot of those from Maxi um, in the games that I watched. And just, you know, his orchestration of the pick and roll as a passer. I think he's incredibly effective at using the pick and roll to score. He was uh, 83rd percentile in synergy on 68 possessions um, wow. on dribble action off the pick. 
and 86 percentile as a pick and roll ball handler as a whole. And really that, that attacking of the rim off the pick um, kind of drags that pick and roll ball handler percentage up because he wasn't really assisting off those too much. Uh, it seemed like Ashton Hagen's ran a lot of the, a lot more of that pick and roll action. Yeah, definitely. Um, you saw this year from Maxi that his mind is more programmed as a scorer than as a passer. Um, he does make quick decisions and he plays within himself. You know, I wouldn't say he's a chucker or anything like that, but he's not adept, like you said, at hitting the roll man uh, in the pick and roll or even those swing passes to the shooters. Definitely something that he's going to need to improve on going forward. Yeah, and I think that'll depend how whatever NBA team is lucky enough to draft him decides to use him. You know, is he going to be used as kind of a smaller combo guard that plays alongside a traditional primary initiator, or is he going to be the one running the show? And I think like we've seen with Kobe White this year, if Maxie's going to be the one running the show, there are going to be some hurdles for him um, early on. Uh, that said, like you, like you said, I agree. He does play within himself. Um, his assist-to-turnover ratio was definitely solid for a freshman guard, 1.5 assists to turnover. Um, he does keep the ball swinging uh, when he's, you know, the, the joint in those uh, kickout actions. Um, so I do think he will have some level of effectiveness as a secondary creator, but uh, I have to say I don't see him having too much success as a primary initiator unless he adds some more of those advanced reads. Yeah, definitely, for me, definitely not going to be a primary creator right away. And if he is thrust into that situation, it's definitely going to take him a couple years to adapt. Um, but honestly, I think he's going to strive best in that score role. He has a great ability to get to the basket, uh, projectable shots. So once that comes, I think it's really going to open up everything for him. Like down the road, I could definitely see Maxi being, you know, 16, 17 point score. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, I mean, I think his floor – uh, in terms of his offense, the offensive side of the ball is probably, you know, a pretty effective six-man scorer off the bench for a, a reasonably good team. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not just the ability to get to the rim, but it's the ability to draw fouls too. He did a really good job this year of getting into the body of bigs um, and kind of extending, you know, that 6'6 wingspan and finishing around them, right? Um, and he, he had a pretty good and one percentage too, you know, going to the basket. So that's something else that I uh, took heed of. Yeah, he's adept at drawing contact and very malleable in the air. He's not, he's not commit, committed to the move he originally makes. He's um, attuned to where the defender's going to go. He reads that reaction, and he'll adjust midair to, to either draw the contact or uh, make the basket. Yeah, 100%. And you talked a little bit about um, his scoring in the PNR, and I think a lot of that has to do with his manipulative movements. Uh, and change of pace, you know, in that in-between area that he likes to use. It really catches some of those bigs off guard, and they don't know whether to, you know, jump out at him or stick onto that lob, man. And it just makes him kind of versatile when driving to the rim. Yeah, that actually leads me into another point. Um, He does use those hesitations, like you said. He will set his guys up in the pick and roll, and usually he's using that attack to attack the basket. Um, His handle, I would say, is solid. I don't think it's, you know, anything spectacular. Um, He does obviously have that insane speed. So if he can beat his man, which is frankly kind of a struggle for him so far from what I've seen, if he can beat his man with the shake, you know, the original dribble move, um, that speed is going to get him to the rim ASAP. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about how he hasn't really been able to get it by his man this year, you know, uh, not doing very well in isolation possessions. Um, and I think that's kind of going to be an issue for him at the next level. You know, if he can't really separate at the college level, how likely is it that he's going to be at the NBA level? Right. Um, and I think that's 
really where his shot's going to have to come in because if he doesn't get that shot, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be no chance that he's going to be able to get around the defense because they're just going to sit back on him. And then what is he going to do? Yeah, no, I, I strongly agree. I think he's got to add something on the offensive end that's going to set up his ability to get downhill. I think he either needs to maximize his ability to shoot pull-up threes uh, or he needs to become an effective orchestrator of the pick and roll uh, in terms of setting other guys up. Either one of those, I think, is going to set the defense off and um, have them not able to predict when he's going to attack the rim. That said, I, he does have multiple paths to providing value on the offensive end because I think he's shown a little bit in each of those categories that makes me confident or at least uh, hopeful that he'll, he'll see his, his ceiling on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, but, you know, now I wanted to get into a little bit of the defensive side. Um, you know, he's very strong and sturdy, you know, for being 6'3". Um, and you saw it in college. He's just so physical. He kind of bumps the guards off uh, lightly while sliding his feet. He's very quick. Um, and he's a great all-ball defender, but I'm a little bit concerned with his defensive playmaking. You know, he didn't really generate a lot of steals or turnovers this year. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think his steal percent, I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm going to look it up real quick. Steal percentage of 1.5%. I mean, with the tools and the reading of the game on the defensive side of the ball that you see from Maxi, he shows flashes of it. But um, I think he's a little bit like on the offensive side of the ball. He plays within his role. So he's not going to gamble. Um, you know, he's not going to shoot the lane and try to get a breakaway Um which, frankly, I think would add a lot to his game on the defensive side of the ball, given his, given his standout elite speed um, and his effectiveness in transition. Yeah, you want to try to find a happy medium, uh, especially defensively. You don't want to over-gamble, but you also don't want to gamble at all. And I think that's kind of hurting Maxi's defensive game, uh, the fact that he is playing so much within himself that he's not willing to take those risks, right? Definitely something that you want to see him take a little bit more of a you know, liking to. Yeah, I would agree with that. That said, um, it could be a scheme thing. I mean, he definitely needed to – he was usually guarding the toughest perimeter mark, um, mm -hmm. and Calipari relied on him a lot to set the tone on that side of the ball as the point of attack defender. Um, so, you know, maybe it's just a scheme thing, and an NBA coach can get a little more out of him, a little more of that lane aggressiveness, uh, trying to turn mm -hmm. the ball over. Yeah, 100%. And – uh, I really liked his uh, PNR defense this year. I feel like he was really fast, you know, dodging those picks. Um, really quick, easy to get around him. And he also has high energy at all times. If you watch him, uh, he's always in a defensive stance, watching his man in the ball, uh, never lazy on that side. Yeah, he's got a little bit of that uh, Marcus Smart chaos energy about him. Uh, that's one of my favorite players. So I really like watching Maxi on the defensive side of the ball. I think uh, another point uh, in that category – and probably the biggest standout characteristic on the defensive side of the ball for Maxi for me is just how quick and active his hands are. He's constantly pestering the ball handler. He's always looking for, you know, a ball handler with a weak handle or somebody who dribbles too high and he attacks at the opportune moment. Yeah, 100%. A problem for me, I mean, we talked about his height. He is only 6'3", that 6'6 six, six wingspan. How do you feel about him being able to guard two, two guards in the NBA? I think he's going to struggle a little bit with it to start. I think he needs to recognize how best to use uh, his physical tools. Um, he's got the speed, so I don't think his wingspan, wingspan is going to be too much of a limiting factor. And he's got the strength too, so I don't think uh, bigger twos are going to be able to bully him or anything like that. But that said, I, I do have him as a two-position defender at the NBA level. I think he's only going to be guarding you know, 
ones and twos. No, no real threes except for maybe spot duty on a switch or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I definitely do not see him guarding any threes. And I think he's also going to have a problem with the bigger twos, like the Jalen Browns, the James Hardens, the Clay Thompsons of the world. Uh, I don't know how, how he's going to be able to guard him. I think you might have to switch him. Like at that point, does he become a liability on defense when you're going against some of those bigger guards? Like, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, everybody struggles with James Harden's strength, at least if you normally play the two. So I'm not going to put that too much against him, but I do think he could struggle with bigger guards, especially earlier on. Um, That said, he does have an extremely strong lower body, like you mentioned, you know, flexible hips, great speed. And I think, um, no, no biomechanical expert or anything like that, but I do think his frame lends itself to adding more weight. Um, that said, you know, is that going to be functional weight? Is that going to slow him down? So I think um, it's going to be tough for a coaching squad to figure out how best to maximize his current physical tools mm. while still trying to develop him in the direction of potentially guarding more twos because I think uh, on the defensive end, he can't just make his hay as a point of attack defender. Point of attack defense, especially from a point guard, is just not as valuable one-on-one man defense uh, as, you know, good team defense. So, but I think he, you know, he, he makes those defensive reads. He sees the game. He communicates with his teammates. So I don't think he's going to struggle too much in the team defense either. Yeah. Yeah. And he has such good awareness, you know, he's active on the outside, um, really high IQ. Um, And you see that a lot from Kentucky players. They actually come out of, uh, they're pretty good defensively compared to when they came in. Um, but I really like his digs, his quick hands, everything about him defensively. Uh, but I really want to start getting in, maybe talking about his role in the NBA. You know, where does he really fit in among these guys? Yeah, I think, um, I would say I see him as a solid day one fit for pretty much anybody who's going to be in position to take him, um, which is, you know, probably going to be in the lottery in my opinion. Um, I, I see him as a solid day one fit as a guy who's going to create at a, at a above average level in transition. Uh, he's going to defend at a high level, especially in point of attack defense. Um, you know, if he can communicate at the NBA level like he has at college, I think he's going to be fine as a team defender, you know, switching switching when he needs to um, until his his body comes along, you know, playing adult basketball. Uh, I see him on the offensive end potentially being a solid starter at the, P, at the PG spot as a primary initiator if he can add, like I said, either a consistent uh, pull-up three-pointer or um, – you know, more effective pick and roll passing. What do you think? Yeah, and I think that his upside is going to be tapped into the most as a point guard, right? Because he will be able to stop every, I have no doubt in my mind that he can guard pretty much every point guard in the league, yeah. uh, at least somewhat, right? Definitely. Including the Stephen Curry's of the world. But, um, and his, his defense can be tapped into a little bit more defending those point guards rather than the big shooting guards that we talked about. Um, so it would be really good to, you know, Maybe maybe he's not as good the first year, right? But you get him in there the second year and then the third year. Maybe he starts to develop a little bit as a point guard um, and you really see what he can, he can become, you know, at that position. Yeah, and I think we see that a lot with, you know, rookie point guards anyways. I mean, look at Kobe White's struggles until February. Look at, I mean, RJ Barrett didn't play point guard, but he did play a primary initiator role out of the time for New York and he struggled too. Uh, young guys that are just coming into the league are always going to struggle as a primary initiator. I do think Maxi can do it, um, but thankfully for him, he's got other NBA-ready skills from day one. His defense is going to keep him on the court. Mm-hmm. Coaches yeah. are going to love that about him. 
100%. And something else I kind of wanted to touch on is his athleticism. Like you said, he has really good burst. He's really fast. But his uh, hang time or his hops, per se, not very good. Um, he only dunked the ball, I think it was 10 times over 20, 26, 27 games this year, um, which is, you know, really low. I think yeah. I think Aston Hagen's also had more dunks than him this year, which just doesn't seem right. Yeah, which Hagen's isn't exactly a freak athlete at the one either. So um, exactly. But I mean, thankfully he's got that craft to his finishing. You know, he's got a solid layup package. He can adjust in air. So he doesn't need that freak athleticism, that freak vertical athleticism. And maybe they, you know, maybe an NBA team, an NBA strength program can improve that vertical leap a little bit. You know, maybe he's got some inefficient mechanics because he's clearly got the lower body strength. Yeah, definitely has a lower body strength. And I think that along with the little extra wingspan that he does have, I know it's not elite or anything. Uh, I think that's kind of going to be a saving grace at the NBA level. If, if it was anything less than that, uh, I think we would have some real concerns here. But like you said, that strength pretty much covers uh, every aspect of that side. Yeah, yep. He's fast and he's not going to get bullied. So, you know, he's going to be able to stay on the court from day one. Better than I would say most rookie point guards. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I really like from Maxi is like, you could tell he cares. He's really into the game uh, with some of these other guys like LaMelo, Edwards, McDaniels. You don't really see that. And you could just tell that this guy loves basketball. He loves being out there on the court with his brothers. Um, and it's just great to watch. I love guys like that. Yeah, he always competes, and he's not going to let a size disadvantage or an athleticism disadvantage stop him from competing. Exactly. he just got that dog mentality. He doesn't care if you're bigger than him. He doesn't care if you're faster or stronger. He's just going to go out there and get it, and it's a great quality to have. Yeah, actually, in a lot of ways, um, he reminds me of a younger Patrick Beverly. I kind of see Patrick Beverly as potentially uh, a role that he might play at his floor, even if he doesn't develop that that pull up or, you know, that pick and roll playmaking. I think he could be an off ball shooter on offense. You know, he's got a reasonable spot up shot or at least the mechanics to develop one and the free throw that leads me to believe he will be able to nail those shots. And he's an elite point of attack defender. I think he can stick with twos, maybe, you know, play up a little on threes if he needs to, depending on matchup. So yeah, he kind of reminds me of Beverly in that, in that uh, sense. And, you know, as a Chicago guy, I'm an obsessive Patrick Beverly stand. So you got to respect that. Yeah, I mean, how good of a floor is Beverly? Like, I think that's really a good starting place, and you're 100% correct. With that defense, that is, you know, day one what he's coming in as. Um, at the very least, a sol- or not solid, great uh, point of attack point guard defender, um, and you can use him at that position. Definitely. So uh, what, what teams do you think he fits best on at the NBA level? Um, if I had to decide right now, I would definitely uh, think about the Hawks is one of my options, you know, sliding in there next to Trey Young as that defensive presence uh, seems like a pretty good fit for me. Um, another one would be Minnesota. You got D'Angelo Russell, Kat and Malik Beasley, some of the uh, guys that are very talented offensively, uh, but defensively, you know, they're kind of lacking a little bit. So those are my two picks for him. Uh, maybe even Sacramento as well. What about you? Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think he'd be a lot of fun next to uh, De'Aaron Fox. Um, I, I had Atlanta as well. Uh, I did note that I think he'd probably be a reach where Atlanta's expected to pick, unless, of course, Atlanta has some bad lottery luck and slides. Mm-hmm. Um, he would definitely help cover up for Trey's, uh, let's call them shortcomings on the defensive end. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned Minnesota too. I, do, I would say, though, that I think Minnesota needs a rim-protecting four more. Um, they got to do something to help Cat out and take off a little bit of that responsibility on the defensive end for him. I think my favorite fit for Maxi is probably Phoenix. 
Um, I think he'd be an awesome fit next to Devin Booker on offense. He can, you know, he's already used to deferring a little bit off ball, working on that spot up, and he can attack the rim when defenses double on on Booker. Um, but really, on, like we were talking about earlier on the defensive end, he's going to cover for Booker, let Booker do his thing on offense, uh, relax a little more. He's going to make good rotations. And timeline-wise, I think he just fits. You know, he's a younger uh, point guard. He's, he can eventually take over for Rubio. He doesn't have to start day one. If the coach wants him to run bench units to develop those point guard skills, he can do that. If he wants him to start and kind of play a complementary role to Booker, I think he can do that too. Plus, uh, that's two great Kentucky guards right there that I think would uh, be a perfect fit. Honestly, uh, your explanation just convinced me. I think I'm ready to put Phoenix as my number one option for Maxi as well. All right, let's send the pick in. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Let's put it in right now. Uh, no, I agree with everything that you said. Uh, Devin Booker is adept at handling the ball, so Maxi would have no problem playing that off-ball role. Um, and he's able to excel, you know, guarding those point guards. Um, so I think that's a perfect fit in every aspect. Yeah, and I think I personally would probably lean towards starting him. Let Rubio run the bench unit and um, and let let Tyrese Maxey do what he's good at. Put him that's- in a position to succeed as a rookie. I love when coaches do that. Yeah, and that's a great team. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, Rubio coming off the bench, you know, handling that bench unit. Um, the Suns, you know, they had a great start to this season. Uh, maybe adding a guy like Maxi with a little bit more defensive minded uh, would really help them and, you know, push them forward next season. Yeah. I'm definitely rooting for him to land there. I think that'd be awesome to watch. Definitely. Definitely. I would Phoenix, definitely my number one selection. So unless you have anything more on Maxi, I, I think that's all I have. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Going to be one of our top prospects. I think I have him at 11 right now. I'm so excited to see where he goes. Uh, if it's Phoenix, we spoke it into existence. If, if he lands there, we spoke it into existence. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, you got anything to plug? Uh, no, just follow me over at B-Ball Evil on Twitter. I have a lot of great t- content, uh, draft, Chicago Bulls, anything like that that you want to see. Uh, feel free to go over and check out my Twitter. Awesome. And yeah, and you can find me on Twitter too. Uh, I'm over at, at EZ underscore hoops. Um, just started writing a little bit on my own blog. Uh, I put up a piece on uh, what the Bulls can get from their lost season before the whole COVID-19 fiasco. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in that topic, give it a read. Let me know what you think. Always open for that criticism. Uh, but Trent, I think that's going to do it for us today. So uh, send us out. Awesome. All right. See you guys next time. It was great with you guys. Have a good one. All right. Take care, guys.